apologize. You say tomato, I say tomato. Right, so if you fuck up, then like then I'm really yeah, then I really we're super yeah retarded. I might as well just relapse if I find. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Um, but we're sounding good right now. Do you just want to just start the podcast right here? Yeah, like roll, man. All right, well, hey, um, nice to meet you, Amy. Um, Welcome to Nod Squad. Um, I don't know if you've ever really heard any of our. I haven't, you know. Yeah, I mean, we just we just started out, so. Congrats, I don't, man. Yeah, I don't blame anybody for. I really don't expect anyone to listen to shit, but, <laughs> um, just the background. Um, you know, we started this like a, almost two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but me and my co-host were under uh, a drug court program. Okay. So, basically, we we recorded a shit ton of of episodes, but we were really paranoid to upload anything. Cause you know, our drug counselors and our probation officers were like watching us hardcore. Right. So we, we just saved a bunch of like oh, episodes wow. okay. and st- like saved them in the vault, um, until we graduated. And then, um, my co-host had relapsed and now right. he's in, um, he's in the Santa Barbara rescue mission right now. And he's almost done 12 months. Uh, there so he'll be getting back what is that it's just like a it's like um you know a, in uh an internal like a residential treatment center you know or okay. inpatient basically mm-hmm. um but it it's like a lot of court ordered uh people Got go there it. okay so okay. it's um it's like a lot easier for people to go in if they're facing criminal charges Got um, it. and you know, drug, oh, I'm, I'm living in San Luis Obispo County, by the way, which is kind of mm-hmm. like Sen, 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 Cal, I guess. I don't know. I was born in LA. Um, so, but yeah, drug courts are no fucking joke. I barely graduated by the skin of my teeth. And then, you know, as soon as I, as soon as I graduated and walked out of that courthouse, a free man, I, you know, drove to my storage unit and I had like, you know, safe full of just my, a giant you know, fear and loathing style drug collection. And I just, Oh Jesus Christ. Yeah. I went, I went fucking ham and, uh, 
And then um, I remember, yeah, just I kind of went on and off. But then towards the end, I got I overdosed and I had to get hit with Narcan like four times in a row to get brought back to life. And um, I kind of talked about it on Dopey with Dave because um, I've been friends with him for. He's awesome. Like, I love Dave. Yeah, he's the best. Um, yeah, I've been you know, friends with him for like almost three years, two and a half, three mm-hmm. years, ever since they just started. You know, I knew Chris back in the day. Uh. Um, yeah. So it's just been this kind of crazy roller coaster ride, but now I have just over 60 days clean time. Good for you. Thank you. So I'm trying to, you know, this is kind of the first time I've ever really taken recovery seriously because mm-hmm. before I was just like, I'm here because you know, the judge wants me to be here. Of course. Of course. You, you know, can't ever do it for anyone else. You have to do it for yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're doing it for the court or your parents or your girlfriend no, never, or Oh, whatever. especially yeah, girlfriends. It's like, yeah. That know, doesn't yeah work. It's always going to fucking just, you know, you'll do it and then you're going to, it never sticks. You got to do it for you. Yeah. And if you go through a breakup or something, yeah, then you're just oh, going to relapse. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That was always like, that was like my main thing was like relapsing over like fucking dudes yeah oh i mean and then i got my heart shattered like two years ago um and i didn't i didn't relapse i was just like nope not doing it this time i'm not um, gonna burn my house to the ground i was like i will feel my feelings and they're not fun we don't like feelings no, you know no. what i mean i run as like, far away from my feelings as possible i don't oh, like thinking yeah. about I was my like life <laughs> crying and smoking and you know sleeping a lot and you know just like it was awful, you know, a lot of yeah. showers and just like, it was terrible. But, you know, it's like, I just, I had a fucking book coming out. I couldn't, you know, I had a recovery memoir coming out. I couldn't fucking eat it. You know, I yeah. just couldn't do it to my publisher, my agent. And, you know, it's like, you know, people are going to be, it's like a hopeful memoir and people are like, oh, she got clean. And I'm like, you know, oh, well, Arthur could be here, but she's Skyping in from her fucking eighth rehab. Yeah, she's Amy, you there? Like, I just couldn't. I was just like, no, dude. I just couldn't break my parents are like in their 80s. I was just like, I yeah, can't mine too. everybody again. I was just like, I fucking can't. And no. I just, I didn't know if I would make it back. You know what I mean? I just didn't. Yeah. Like, that's pretty hard, and I'm older now, and I just thought, mm, I have epilepsy from crystal meth. And I was just like, I don't know, man. I just, I'm not sure, you know, what would happen. And so I just thought. Yeah, that's... I was gonna give that guy fucking the satisfaction. I was like, "Fuck you! you know, <laughs> you're gonna, you're not breaking me, brother." <laughs> that was really interesting. And in, when you were talking about how the, the methamphetamine was causing epileptic seizures, where that was sober. Well, I got my had my first one when I was using, and I walked into a market, and I came out in a, and I woke up in an ambulance, and I'd had a seizure, and that's what got me in my first treatment center. I was like, "Oh shit." But then I was clean for five years and I was living in Paris and I started having grandma seizures like all the time. How old were, were you when you first got your first seizure? 24, 25. Holy shit. And then That's I didn't have crazy. any and they were like, oh, we think you had a seizure, but whatever. And then I went like to treatment and then um, I, I think I drank it about a year and then I was like oh I blacked out immediately and was like a total asshole and I was like oh I can't drink either I'm not just a tweaker I'm an asshole <laughs> okay, cool, I got it and then I just stayed dry like I didn't go to program or anything like that and um which is fine like I'm not saying 12 steps the only way at all like that's the way that I used because I'm such a dick I need like a 
compass in how to like how to behave in the world because yeah like, no me too otherwise i'm just like an asshole you know and it's like yeah. um so i just was like you know dry for like seven years and didn't use and didn't drink and about five years in and i was living in europe and i started having grand mal seizures like all fuck. the time and they were like what the fuck and um now is this yeah. from intravenous use like no that's what's crazy wow. it was just from smoking and snorting that's like people what? are like i shot coke they're like i shot meth for you know seven years and i'm fine i'm like well lucky you you know what i mean yeah like, fucking i don't even know so yeah the neurologist was like did you do a lot of drugs because you have hyperactive lesions on your frontal lobe now and i was like fuck oh, so it's not fuck. uncommon i mean it's it's not unheard of by doctors yeah but, you know, I mean, God, that shit's like made with gun bluing and Drano and God knows what else. Like, I'm sure we're yeah. going to see more and more people with like Parkinson's oh, type yeah. shit. I guarantee like, it. You know, it fries your nervous system. And so, I mean, I have all my teeth, but yeah, it gave me yeah. epilepsy that I've now had for 15 years. It's just crazy because, yeah, um, methamphetamines, that's the one drug out of every drug I can think of that is not derived from any plant-based sourced, like yeah, originally. Totally totally artificial all chemical battery yeah. acid like you just, can you know. grow it from gun bluing it's gnarly Ugh. yeah it's like yeah. fucking gross and it's like so um yeah but i mean when i relapsed it didn't stop me from shooting cocaine yeah and i would have oh. seizures and that's all in the book and i'd have a seizure and so then i wore bike helmet while i shot coke so i wouldn't crack my <laughs> <laughs> makes perfect sense to me, but it just shows you the extent I would go to get high and not try not to, you know. Oh, no, I was the same way. I, if if I could shoot up something else, then I would do it. Like, even, oh, even, yeah. even if I didn't like shooting up Coke, if it was there, I would, because I was, I became quickly addicted to the needle once I made that transition. Oh, it's, total, it's an absolute addiction. And it's yeah. like. And in, in itself, yeah. Uh, yeah, that the whole ritual of that, and um, that was a whole yeah. I mean, oh, I still I, I have six years clean now, and oh, good for I, you. Thank you. And it's like I see, like even when they take my blood, I get fucking weirded out, you know. Or oh, yeah. when I see people shooting up uh, like on TV, like I get this weird mix of sort of like part of my heart starts racing. Yeah. <gasps> oh my god! Oh my god! And then another part of me feels like I'm gonna throw up. It's like the my body remembers. Oh yeah. It's like muscle memory in yeah. your mind and shit. Weird. Yeah. Like I it's get a visceral fucked. response just to seeing it and I'm like, whoa. It's like a very Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. What's no. been happening to me is like before I because I've been Narcaned twice and both oh, times were were terrifying and they're really insane kind of dope, dopey. Like, both times were terrifying, but I did it again after. Like the first time was terrifying, but that didn't stop me. <laughs> no. Oh no. I mean, but they were, they were like, you're just like high. And then all of a sudden, like you're like dead. And then all of a sudden you were back. It's like you fall asleep. Like if you were into, if it's like, let's say you're laying in bed and you fall asleep, you close your eyes and then you wake up and it's morning it's kind of like that, but you close your eyes and then you wake up and, or I would wake up and I'd be in the back of an ambulance, That's like my horrible. first time. That's like my seizures. Yeah. It's the fucking Yeah. Worst. Or, uh, oh, so when you had a seizure, it's kind of like that. It's like a blackout kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, and you come to, and you're completely disoriented and you don't know any, you're just like, what the fuck happened? Like, it's weird. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, it's fucked. It's super because, terrifying. Yeah. yeah. It's so, it was so traumatizing. Like the first 
time I was um, I was in Pasadena in some shitty hotel, you know, piles of different <laughs> drugs around me. Right, of course. I'm with, I'm with my ex-girlfriend and her new, like, transgender partner, and we're all partying, <laughs> all three of us, and I'm shooting up, like, China White, Black Tar, uh, and Coke all okay. together, just yeah. mixing it, yeah. And that was nice. my big fatal error because, you know, the Coke wears off so fast, but... Yeah. You know, of course, that's the thing. Should well, yeah, that was my whole thing. You've got to like shoot up every twenty oh, minutes. It's, oh, it's yeah, fucked. The, the, yeah, I know. I'd get, it's like feed the monkey, feed the monkey. It's yeah, so, it's and you just gnarly. get bruises everywhere. Oh, but, I know. Um, but the thing is, is like I'd want to do more coke, but I kept mixing in this China White, and no. I, oh, oh, yeah, dude, that was the, my and I wasn't yeah, thinking because fatal error. You should have called. I would have been like. Uh-uh. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, you were probably in LA somewhere while I was just like flopping around like a fish. <laughs> I never shot, I never shot uh, heroin. I never shot dope. I didn't oh, like downer. That's how I, I smoked started. it once, and I was like, "Fuck this! This is boring." Like it just didn't. You know, I think some of us are wired for different me- for different drugs. Like yeah. you know, like for me, a crystal and coke were the ones that really were like ding. Yeah, like, I felt normal and oh, I liked I it. it, and like. You know, and I just didn't really like downers ever. Well, what was I mean, weird I, for I me? I would do them, of course, because you'll do anything. Like I smoked yeah. pot and hated it for fucking six months. But it's like, <laughs> you know, but um, I think that we all, depending on our biology, you know, certain drugs, you know, click for us and others, not so much. Yeah. Well, this is why I'm such a weirdo is like, maybe it's because I have like insane ADHD or something. But um, mm-hmm. when I would do, when I would pop oxys or when I would do, when I would shoot, uh, shoot up tar, I wouldn't get down. I wouldn't get drowsy. I would get super hyper and like oh, almost like yeah. like how someone the equivalent to someone doing speed. How interesting. Yeah. Mm. So um, you know, I would I started obviously I started on pain pills, but um but I would like take Vicodins or Oxys or whatever because I would get super productive, you know? Wow. Um, yeah, weird. I would I would stay up all night on them. I mean, I could weirdo. sleep on them. Okay. Yeah, right? Super weirdo. <gasps> and then, you know, once I learned, you know, the art of speedballs and goofballs, uh, then it got, it took a turn for even uh, even oh, worse direction, you know? Like, it yeah, was just, it's fuck. like, here's two different ways you can fucking OD. Yay! Oh, yeah. You know? It was crazy, yeah. Yeah. That's, um, I never mix stuff. I just shot Cokes so, on its own, which I know is very, it's pretty rare and very old school. But. Very rare, but uh, I mean, it happens. Like, I mean, once, because it took me, it took me a long time to switch over to the needle because I thought I was like, such higher class than everybody of else. Like, oh, that's these junkies. Like, yeah. like I, 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 yeah, you're like, oxy. I'll never do that. I mean, yeah. that's like a whole other level. That's like junkie dumb. You're like, ew. Like, then you really have a problem. Well, and then a part of me had a fear of needles too, because like I couldn't shoot up myself. But then once I learned how to register a vein, it was, it was just downhill. Like, it was. All, I know it's super gnarly. I yeah. know. I talk all about it in the book. Yeah, it's like it's just. Your book is really interesting, and it's um. It's been it's like really entertaining the way you write and like kind Thank of paint you. the picture. It's really awesome. Did you, you. make? Because I noticed it's almost your book is almost the exact same size as the big book of NA. It is. Did, did, yeah. I didn't even know that. Because <laughs> I'm holding it. Yeah, I'm holding it. Your book up against the big blue book right now. That's almost That's identical hilarious. in size. So no, I almost I, thought no, you I, did no, that on purpose or something. No, I got clean in AA. I didn't get clean in NA. Oh, okay. And, you know, in AA, everyone, in LA, everyone's fucking addicted to drugs. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, so it's like, you know. 
Yeah, it's, it doesn't it's, really matter. It's no. it's like There's, you know, it's LA not, it's is not just like when I first got clean, like in my twenties, where if you talked about drugs in an AA meeting, they fucking flipped out. Like here now, it's like there are people who get sober in AA whose main problems were drugs. It's like it doesn't matter. Really? Everyone's cross addicted. Yeah, it's totally like loose like that now. Because um, pe- uh, like people like Dave or other people have suggested that I try to go to uh, AA groups or meetings. And I just, I've never, like, once I turned 21, I was like, oh, alcohol is legal now? Like, I really have no interest in this anymore, you know? I wasn't, I mean, drinking was part of my thing, but it wasn't really my main, main problem. Because I would black out and get so fucking weird on it, so I stayed away from it. I really prefer drugs. But you can absolutely go to AA. Yeah. I I don't know what it's like in San Luis Obispo, but it's like... You know, it's all the same thing. I just wish we would just like let that go. It's all the same thing. It is. I mean, addiction's addiction. It's all addiction. Yeah, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, oh, I like chocolate. I like (laughs) shit. It's all addiction. It's the same fucking thing. And it's like, you know, I understand the identification with people, but it's like I, you know, sponsor someone who's a heroin addict and Uh I sponsor someone who's a total alcoholic. You know what I mean? Like I have like all kind, and it's like my sponsor did everything and it's like it doesn't really matter i don't well i actually think alcoholism is in my opinion much more difficult to overcome than even hair than heroin addiction yeah it's just everywhere like you could drive down the street and you can get alcohol anywhere so it's sort of the same thing where it's like you have to learn because it's part of like well but, but the thing the difference with you know, alcohol and an eating disorder, eating disorder, you have to eat. It's like, it's like sex addiction. Like, what are you just going to never like be in a relationship or fuck anyone again? You've got to figure out how to moderate. You yeah. have to learn. Same with eating. You have to learn how to moderate with, with alcohol. You, you can be abstinent. Yeah. I get, I, I mean, mean, I can see that, you know, you know it, what I mean? Like you can be and it. So it's easier, but, um, yeah, I think, I, I think like, the other thing is ads for fucking like math or Coke all the time. You yeah. know, it's not like you go to a bar and they're like, Hey, would you like some lines? Like, you know, <laughs> um, no, and it's much more social and acceptable and you're going to run in your drug of choice much more. It's well, like, and you know, also the, the withdrawals party, I heard are, couldn't be huh? fatal. The withdrawals from alcohol oh, can yeah. be fatal. Benzos and alcohol, you can yeah. die. Yeah, yeah. Those are the only two that yeah. you just yeah. literally seize out and die. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, I f- wished I was dead when I was kicking, like, you know, heroin plenty of times, but I would, I knew it wasn't going to be that bad. You know, I would see people kick out, because I did time in Twin Towers uh, in L.A., and, uh, yeah, I would see people coming off of benzos, and I was just like, fuck, Oh, I'm yeah, you'll so, die. You can die. Yeah, you can I was die. so glad I never had to deal with that. Did they, did they medicate them properly? I mean, the, the health care inside the jail is... And most jails are a complete shit, you know? Uh, Yeah, I've seen some articles where people have, like, literally died going withdrawal in jail. And it's like, hi, hello. (laughs) Well, we just had a whole um, issue here at the San Luis Obispo jail because they – I don't know if you've read the article or heard about it, but they they had um, a schizophrenic man in a holding cell in like the drunk tank, and they they uh, strapped him down to one of those restraint chairs, and it was like over over um, like almost between forty eight and seventy two hours they kept him in this fucking chair. Yikes! And he was just sitting in his own shit and piss, you know. Oh my god, that's so horrible. Yeah, and they even had. they had like video f- surveillance footage that they got leaked uh, of like cops just laughing in the so background. Inhumane. It was so, so oh. inhumane. Oh and um, 
it's been proven, I guess, that, you know, when you're in these restraint chairs, they can cause like blood clots or brain, <gasps> like embolisms oh, in your no. brain. So that's kind of what happened. And then he died. Oh um, my God. Because I mean, they, they're these cops or these corrections officers or whatever, they're really not equipped to deal with mental illness at all. You know, they don't know, they're not trained to know how to of deal with course. someone who's having a schizophrenic episode or anything. So, Oh my um, God, that's horrible. Yeah. And, um, it was crazy. Cause well, they should be, or there should be a separate, you know, jail for psych patients. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Like, like that, with people who are equipped to deal with that kind of stuff and can, yeah, you know. I agree. Like, and you I, know, if you're having a schizophrenic episode, like, you know, trank them. You know what I mean? Like deal with, like yeah. do what they do in psych wards and stuff. If, I mean, as, if, as long as they're alive at the at the end of, you know, whatever. Yeah, like, like I mean, killing them during your restraint process. I don't think that's like, you well, know. Well, thank God they, um, I think they've oh. banned the restraint chair or I think they're planning on, you know, banning the use of a restraint chair just because of that whole thing. And then there's like wow. a federal investigation in this jail. And it was funny because... Um, this happened. They're right. laughing. That's so horrible. Oh yeah, there's yeah, God. there's video footage of just these cops laughing, and it was fucked too because the same cop I saw laughing, I had because I would have to do sanctions in a drug court, you know, for little shit like you're late for group for five minutes. Okay, you do a weekend in jail. Oh or, my God, are yeah, you just, serious? Oh yeah, they're so fucking strict. I mean, I've been in a lot of different court ordered drug programs you know i've been in like prop 36 or pc 1000 but drug court is like the most hardcore and it's where wow. you're it's like most of the people who are put in drug court are fa- have uh, felony convictions or right. facing sales charges or something mm-hmm. um so they they were super fucking strict and i i ran into that same cop oh god like uh maybe a month or so after that whole shit went down and yeah, he was on his best, like needless to say, he's on his best fucking behavior. Yeah, I'm sure. And it was crazy too, because yeah, my co-host was in that jail uh, right after I'd, all that shit had gone down, because they were getting ready to send him to a you know, residential treatment center. And um, there was like a bomb threat. Someone had put like a fake Ooh. bomb in front of the, of the jail in protest. It was just this whole fucking mess up Ugh. here. Yeah, so he was... And lockdown, it was just, yeah, it was just fucking crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, jail just comes kind of, I never even, like, it's funny because, like, you know, where, where I'm at right now, I'm in, the, like, a suburban neighborhood, you know, I'm probably the only person in this whole fucking <laughs> little area that's been to jail, let alone as many times as I have. Right, right, right. But, um, you know, it, it is what it is. Like, I, after a while, jail is not even fucking scary. I mean, I, I know prison is a whole different fucking yeah, yeah. ball game. I mean, I don't know. I was only in jail for five hours before my mom bailed me out. But it's like, you know, it's funny because all the times I drove around with, like, like loaded syringes and crystal and fucking all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, and for being in treatment, like, six times, like, I got arrested for felony domestic violence. <laughs> oh, what? That's what you got arrested for? Yeah, that's the beginning of the book. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, you haven't read the book yet? I read some of it. It's just... Um, oh, Brian, I'm, I'm going to no. kill you. You, I know. Um, no, I'm, I got arrested for... I was high on Oxycontin, and the book opens with me pulling a knife on my now ex-husband, high on Oxy. I pulled a knife on him, and he called the cops. I got arrested for felony domestic violence with a deadly weapon. 
Oh, so wait, is that still on your record? I went to jail. Yeah. I mean, it got dropped to a misdemeanor and I Mm. did 240 hours of community labor and a year of domestic violence counseling, but it's still on my record. I need to get it expunged. But like the whole book is like about how like this Beverly Hills princess, yours truly, (laughs) like lost everything and is left penniless in a psych ward and then ends up on medical disability sweeping the street on a fucking chain gang. It's like me and 40 Mexican guys. You know what I mean? Chain gang, huh? Yeah, they were like, what you here for Weta, huh? (laughs) Yeah, oh. Do you why? And I was like, "Um, I'm here for felony domestic violence with a deadly weapon. They're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. That would be called Weta, like, everywhere. Oh, yeah. It Um, was super gnarly, but, like, life-changing. I mean, that that was... I mean, did you feel like you had to put up a like an extra hard front being like, no, I mean, because I didn't, I was just like, dude, I'm just some white kid. Like, and people were like, fucked with me. I mean, there were a lot, you know, it's like, no one really fucked with me. It's like, mostly I just kind of tried to like fit in. It was like me with all the dudes and they were just like, you know, oh yeah. And it was just kind of like, it was. No, I didn't have to. I mean, I was there for uh, I was there for assault. No one else was. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I had more time than anyone else. People were yeah. more freaked out by me than anything else. But it was just weird to be like they're like you know watching like banana eating contests on YouTube. They're like, hey, <laughs> you know, can you do that, girl? I'll marry you. I'm like, come on, oh dude. you know, leave me out of this, man. Come on, chill, 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 guys. Oh, that's you know, so funny. or like, hey, I know, you know, where the fucking best hand jobs are, the massage parlor. And I was just like, oh God, like I don't want to hear about this, you know. And I like, and I knew enough Spanish to understand like stuff. And I was like, hey, you know, so it was just like it was like really like about being one of the guys and just kind of fitting in and just doing my work and you know, whatever, but it was like, yeah, yeah. it was life changing. I mean, um, it was, it's, so I mean, it's funny now the stories, but at oh, the yeah. time, not funny. It was kind of like, Ugh. no, it's cool that you can laugh about it now, but yeah. in in the moment, yeah, it's oh, shitty. Yeah. It's like fucking sweeping fucking syringes and cigarette butts for like eight hours in the hot sun from seven thirty on and so, in a fucking clean team uniform with no one acknowledging you. Like everyone's like criminals, like, only like drunk homeless people were like, what's up? You know, like <laughs> everyone else ignored us. And then I like, it's in the book. I ran into someone that I dated in AA like seven years ago. Oh, while you were doing community service. Oh. And he was like in a suit on his way to a meeting. Oh, and I'm no. in clean teen, clean teen, like Dickies uniform with like my hair in a bun, like sweating and like a gross. Oh, and it gets fucking hand. hot in LA. People and don't realize like, it. Uh, Fuck, so mortifying. Oh my God. Dude. So the clean team is different than like Caltrans kind of. Yeah, we didn't service. do freeways, but it's basically the same thing. You're picking up trash or you're painting over graffiti or you're scrubbing graffiti off the sidewalks. Um, so Which is it's not like, easy fucking. The Hollywood beautification team. It's exhausting. It's yeah, fucking it's, exhausting. It's I mean, like the... I can't even tell you. I mean, I, you know. I, I'm skinny. I wasn't. I hadn't started working out. I'm in my fucking forties. That shit was fucking exhausting. I couldn't do two days in a row. That shit was so tiring, and your feet hurt, and it's like you're you know hunched over, fucking sweeping. It's, I mean, shit's tiring. Yeah, fuck that. That's yeah, funny. Like, you're in your forties. Labor. Hmm. You're in your forties. 
I know I look fucking young. No, it's yeah, creepy. you look like you're my age. Like I'm, I'm a I'm, fucking I'm, vampire. I don't really understand. No one understands it. Yeah. I have greasy skin. I sleep a lot. I don't know. The drugs preserve me. We have no That's idea. That's what I thought. I was like, dude, heroin has got to be a preservative. Like, but cause... I didn't do heroin. I did all the drugs that should make you look 145 years old. You know what I mean? Oh, you like, got the I, genetics I, then. That's what it is. Know, yeah, it's totally genetics. Yeah, because I'm 35. I just turned 35. I'm 49. Oh, okay. you do not. You don't look anywhere I close to fucking. That's 400. why I can I can rob the cradle and shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, fucking, you, you get in where you fit in. That's all I can say. Like, <laughs> I can't fucking date anybody after the like, because I I was doing like crazy Sid and Nancy relationships, you know. Oh. I'd, yeah, and um, you know, I, they had to have they had to have borderline personality disorder. They oh, had to, I have that high, honey. They, uh, they had to be cutters. You know, they I had. That. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh my god! Here we go. <laughs> Is this like me, like asking you on a date now, or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it was it was bad, and like, but no, they were all like, we were bad for like, codependent, yeah, yeah, yeah. toxic. We're strung out, like stealing drugs from each other. Like, oh, it was fucking a nightmare, dude. Um, and then like, you know, my last, my last real serious girlfriend, I was still, I didn't know how to fucking break up with her. Cause every time I'd try to break up with her, she'd literally just like try and kill herself directly in front of me. That's what we fucking do. Oh yeah. Like I'd have to get her out of a noose. I'd have to like (laughs) fucking, she'd be cutting herself in front. It was fucking crazy. Yeah. I didn't do that. I don't mean, I've, you know, grown out of it. I've worked on a lot of my shit. I mean, so it's like, um, when my last boyfriend, dump me he's like the happy ending of the book ironically um oh nice and he laughed yeah right before it got published um i didn't do that shit do you think um like did you practice uh cognitive behavioral therapy at all do dbt yes okay because that's what i'm trying to practice right now for my adhd well i think aa is cognitive behavioral therapy and i really you know it's acting yourself into right thinking and like for borderline it's dialectical behavioral therapy and it's like yeah and it's just like I think that's the only way to go. I mean, like I spent years and years and years in therapy talking about my feelings and my upbringing and how I felt about myself and my parents and my, 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 my abandonment. Yeah. Issues. Oh, oh. And, and it's like nothing ever changed. Like half yeah. the time it was high in session and they didn't even fucking know. And it's like the only way I think is changing your behavior, which really have to. can like, you know, and I talk about this when I speak, which is like, you know, there's something called bi-directionality, which just means that like you can change, like if you do a contrary action over and over and over and over again, that creates a new neural pathway in your brain and that's your default. That's who you are. So action is character. Like you become how you act. Yeah. Oh yeah. That makes total I mean, sense too. If you're waiting to feel like I want to, I'm waiting to like, feel like it. You wait for fucking ever. Like, oh yeah. That's, and, and that's what I would do is I'd wait this. forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I learned in this sobriety was like, you know, fuck your feelings take the action. And it yeah. was like, I mean, I've wanted to get high in this sobriety. My mom's developed dementia. I got my heart shattered, you know, like a lot. I mean, amazing stuff's happened too. Like the book came out and, uh, you know, it got option for a TV series and like cool shit's happened too, but it's like life's in session, you know, it's like, um, but I just, you know, I started working out about a year ago and it's like, do you think I feel like fucking working out? No. You know no. what I mean? It's like, and if you feel like, you know, or feel like writing a new piece for the fix, no, but it's like, fuck your feelings, take the action. And then after the action changes your feelings. And it took me years to figure that out. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, also like you've got 60 days. It's like, you're going to want to use. And it's like, 
Oh, like, I all trust. I can say is like buy yourself 20 minutes. Like I was a chronic relapser for 20 fucking years. And it's like buy yourself 20 minutes, jack off, watch fucking Netflix, <laughs> call someone, take a shower, like go for a run, like do something, just distract yourself because the urge is going to pass whether you pick up or not. But yeah. if you pick up, then you fucking open up that vortex and you're fucked and you're on a run. But if you, yep. if you, it'll, it will pass. Yeah. And then if you haven't picked up. Like, you know, then you're fucking still clean. It doesn't matter if you want to pick up. You can stay clean whether you want to or not. Because believe me, there have been times during this six years where I was just like, oh, my God, I want out. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I exactly came across a fucking bag of crystal on my street. And I hadn't seen that shit for 20 years. And that was my drug of choice. It was like right after Pride. It was like a huge bag. Oh, shit. And it was like, like, I, it was like glass and shit. And I was like, oh. Yeah. You know, and I, yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, that's the good shit. And it was like a big, it was like a big bat. And I was like, ah, and I walked past it and then I, to go get coffee at Starbucks. And then I walked nice. back to it. You walked and back to it. Like, what am I doing? And then I was like, <laughs> go away. And I walked away from it and then I walked back to it again. And I was like, oh. then I was like magnetized. And then I was like, I picked it up and I was like, oh, fuck. And oh, then that's... it was like at a hole in it and some of it got on my finger. And oh, like, my fuck. head's like, smell it. Smell it. Taste no. it. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, so I called. I called a, a, a program friend. And I was like, yeah. I'm super triggered right now. I just came across a huge bag of crystal. I I, I, I don't, I, I, you know, my no. friends were in the program who live above me or out of town. No one would know. Like, my head's going fucking ape shit. You're planning your own fucking yeah, downfall. Yeah, like, I've never, you know, and he goes, okay, FaceTime me and we're going to flush it. Yeah. And so we because you can't just throw that stuff in a dumpster because I'll go get it. No, like, yo, I, no, no. You know what I mean? Like I I've went pulled cottons out of dumpsters. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm like, I'll get it. Like, I'm not stupid. I know my fucking self. So, you yeah. know, my sponsor was like, you brought that in your house? Are you crazy? Like, you know, but it was like, whatever, dude. I, you know, I had to get rid of it. And so it's like, you know, people go, oh, well, you're not working a good program if you're fucking have urges to use. It's like, that's fucking horrible. Are you kidding me? People get cravings like years yeah. and years after they stop. Alcoholics, like that's our fucking base. So yeah. it's like the fact that we get any time sober is a miracle. It's like, just because you want to fucking use doesn't mean you're not working a good program. It's like, you, no, know, yeah. you know, all that matters is your actions. Like I talk about this all the time. It's like, no one gives a fuck about your intentions, man. No, like, yeah. I really learned it's like you know I had a sponsor and he goes you don't have to be a good person Amy you just have to act like one no one knows the fucking difference and I was like oh shit yeah, so fake it like, till you make it even you know yeah and so yeah. that's really really what it's about and that's cognitive behavioral therapy it's like fuck your feelings like take the action yeah that makes so much sense and, and it's like you know people who are weirded out by AA and the Christian stuff and I'm a Jew so I am totally weirded out by the Christian stuff Colonel Puff Puff stop doing that please sir <laughs> Is that your dog? My cat. Oh, are you more he's of a dog like, or a cat person? He's like famous on Instagram. Like, there's this one fucking. There's a. I have a. I have a friend, um, and he's like a digital artist, and he creates all these weird fucking things with like Colonel Puff Puff and like a Russian <laughs> astronaut outfit, or floating in the clouds, or like controlling the world, or like it's so funny. And then he also made like sweatshirts for people. It's like really weird. I know. He's already become a, a meme. Like I know. It's that's hilarious. Awesome. Um, but what was I saying? Um, the fact that you were able to just like tell on yourself in a way when the, you have drugs in your hand, like 
that's the one thing that's like, because I can watch heroin documentaries all day. It's on a TV screen. It doesn't trigger me at all. But mm-hmm. my big thing, since I'm still really early and fresh, mm-hmm. is Saturday nights. It's like, you know, Saturday during the day, you know, I'll go to a meeting. I'll go to two meetings if I have to. But then as soon as I get home, I'm sitting in my room right by myself you know i'm working on audio for a podcast or i'm doing a podcast even when i'm done i because um my old facebook profile it's got like two thousand friends because when i was in la uh in los angeles i had moved back uh to hollywood i was going to musicians institute for like Mm -hmm. git program and the recording arts program and then i started like djing and it was just like uh you know social media was kind of like uh, how people were prom- promoting their shit uh, right. right when it first came out. So it was like, I have just random people every Saturday night just hit me up, like, to go hang out, like, quote, unquote, hang out. And it's like, you know that entails more than just hanging out. You kind if, of, if I mean, people, I'm not your sponsor, but I would fucking cut those people loose, to be honest. Yeah, well, I have a second, because, I mean, obviously, Unc... Albert is not my you know real last name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think only a few people have like got where that came from. I guess it's it's from a Paul McCartney or Wing song or something. I don't even know why, but it got stuck like that. My name, my Facebook name, got stuck. I can't change it at all. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I had to make a second profile with my real last name. Um, so now it's kind of just like my troll account, but I still am like, fuck, I have to go through this whole task of like weeding out certain people out of 2000 people because it's nice to like, you know, if I had, you know, a mixtape I'm doing, or if I'm doing, you know, music that's getting released or if I'm doing whatever, like it's just easy to get it out, you know, get you whatever content you're making out there to, you know, eyes and ears. So it's just, it's kind of like, I need to kind of sit down with my sponsor because I, this is the first time you've even had a sponsor that I, I'm like cool with and like I cool. I'm like like you know mm-hmm. so it's just um it's kind of a bizarre like surreal like it's like foreign to me like being in recovery and yeah, actually but that'll go I mean it goes away I mean you're new and it's like you know yeah. that stuff goes away I mean the reason I could call someone and be like because I had you know five plus years at that point you know what I mean and it yeah. was like you know I just I know where it's gonna go and I I've done it so many times and I was just like, I'm not doing this again. And it's like, it wasn't worth it. And, um, I've, I've walked through, you know, uh, cravings before. Yeah. Cause they are so so temporary. Cravings are always temporary. Really when they're on you, it's gnarly. You know what I mean? And so it's like, but I've walked through them before and come out the other end and been like, thank God I didn't fucking use, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, so it's, I, I just, you know, and I'm so, you know, I have sponsees, I have a sponsor, blah, blah. I'm surrounded by sober people. I mean, I have normie friends too, but it's just like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, if I could stay, okay, like people are like, oh, I hate drugs. It's like, I fucking loved it. If I could stay high all the time yeah. and like no repercussions to my oh, life, like of absolutely, course. I would do that. Of course. But like, I'm completely like, like there are people who are productive and can like, are unfunctional. I was not one of those people. Yeah. Like as soon as I get high, my life shuts down. I don't leave the house. I don't pick up the phone. I can barely shower. Like it's like it's on and that's all I give a fuck about. It's a 24 hour job. I'm like, (laughs) you 
I mean? It's like I'm in the exactly kitchen, what you mean. cocaine constantly, and that's all that's happening. Especially with a drug like you know methamphetamine, because it's like oh. you're just like time goes by so fast when oh, you're yeah. high I on meth. Seventeen days on crystal, okay, yeah. and wrote a new Bible and like thought I had the mathematical equation for God. Like I see so many of my friends now going into amphetamine psychoses. I speak a lot at, at CMA, and it's just like. I don't know what's in that shit now because, I mean, it's been 20-something years since I've touched that shit. Once I get, it gave me epilepsy, I was like, fuck that. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, that's fucked. I'll shoot coke instead. It's big. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, whatever. But it was like, you know, I just – that – I never had a psychosis like that. But, like, being paranoid and hearing voices, I've had friends who literally that shit has stuck with them for years. Yeah. And that's it takes a long time. Yeah, it's just not uh, worth it, man. It's just not. It's just not worth it. No, it's not. I never had crazy psychosis, but the voices that would always come on first because I always knew, like, if I I would always have like when I was getting into meth and like mixing it in with my shots of you know, oh my god, tar. It was like I had to like after three days of being up all night, all all day, all night. I was like, I have to force myself to get sleep or it's going to get bad. Like, cause I would hear voices. I would think like either my parents or who, whatever house I was at, like I'd hear people talking right outside my door. Like they're plotting yeah, against me. I'd never heard voices, but you know, it's funny. A friend of mine who, um, went into a psychosis who I threw in a rehab was a good friend. He had time and then he relapsed. He, he would hear voices, but it was always my voice. <laughs> nice. I was like, I'm so fucking sorry. He's like, that fucking bitch. He's like, it was always my voice he'd hear when he'd fucking hallucinate. I was like, I'm so sorry. I mean, I don't know. I think that's really funny. Like, I just think it's really funny. Oh, yeah. It was hilarious. And now I look back on it and it's hilarious because I'd be opening up my front door like, who the fuck's out there? And then I'd be like, oh. Oh no God. Yeah. I, I was, it's in the book where I was like getting high with this other kid and he was shooting, um, heroin and yeah. Coke and speedballs. And, uh, he was like out in the backyard with like a gun and a flashlight waiting for the cops. And like, I was just like, Oh God, oh. I never, it never happened to me. And I have a lot of schizophrenia in my family. I don't know how I was always chill. Um, I was like, I'm just going to collage. Wait, you like, have a family history of schizophrenia you said, or yeah. Holy my grandmother shit. and my uncle. So, I mean, it should have been a fucking, it sh I sh absolutely should have had amphetamine psychosis and I never fucking did. Yeah. And LSD can do the same thing. Like I've never touched acid. I'm not, I know that that would have, yeah, I'm too, uh, I, uh, yeah, the I, of like a 12 hour ride and you're like, you don't know if it's going to be good or fuck that noise. No. Well, I think psychedelics, it's, it's kind of like psychological dynamite in many cases. If you don't have a good set and setting, like as the hippies yeah, would you're say, fucked. and you're fucked. Yeah. I know people they've taken acid once and like are weird ever since. Like, fuck that. I, I mean, I've done mushrooms, which were fun and mellow, but like acid, I was just like, uh, I just, my brain terrorizes me just when I'm awake. I just thought I'm not going to have a good time, man. No, I, I mean, that's like not there. I don't dig that idea at all, at all. Yeah. And I mean, I was into more of like, like kind of psychedelics before I had, you know, switched over to, opiates and speed and stuff like when I because I was in like I, I went through all these weird fucking bandwagon phases you know I was like a little punk skater kid what? and then I was like into these death metal bands and then I fucking started dropping acid and I was into like you know psychedelic rock and shit mm -hmm. when I went back to Hollywood but mm -hmm. um no I, once I yeah once it once it 
picked up the needle and was shooting up heroin, it was like, that's all I wanted to do, you know? Yeah. And, um, is the last time I even did acid, it was a fucking nightmare. I was in the Bay with my friend and we were like candy flipping, uh, you know, like MDMA mm-hmm. and, uh, acid oh. and meth. Oh. And, uh, we're hanging out with like this one, our one friend. And then this guy, it was like tone and Jay, these like, and what, uh, tones of, like this just pimp. And I'm so wasted. I don't even know he's a pimp. And I'm wondering why all these people, like chicks are like women are like walking by him and he's yelling at them. And then after the fact, (laughs) my buddy Dylan was like, no, those are, those are his prostitutes. And I was like, oh shit. But it was like, it was like the funnest night ever. I'm like partying with this pimp and this other dude and like, who's got like this other gang banger. And then my buddy Dylan, they, I guess they had gone in on, um, like an ounce of blow. And mm-hmm. he goes to divvy it up in his car, but he bites into the bag. And I, I just watched oh, while I'm frying on acid, an ounce of cocaine just explode in the air. It's just yeah. in the middle of um, Miss Mission District in fucking San Francisco. Oh my god! Oh, it was the. It went from like the greatest night ever to like the <laughs> worst god. night ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's Salvadorian. It's like Salvadorian gang territory. It was just so oh, fucking fuck. bad. And so then, like, I'm in a a car with my buddy and he's swerving and he's frying on acid and oh, he's, God. he's on his phone and he's driving and he oh, won't Jesus let me take, Christ. he won't let me do one or one or the other to help him. I was like, either let me drive or let me get on Google maps on your phone, but you oh, don't Jesus. need to be doing both. And he would just be like, shut the fuck up. You're oh, making me God. fucking swerve. So I just had to get, <laughs> I just had to get in a fucking fetal position and just oh. pray to gods. I didn't even fucking believe in it. <laughs> you know, totally fucked yeah and then the whole ride home i was just like this was so bad and i was like i don't need to do psychedelics anymore like i'm good you know god yeah i have a spit i mean san francisco is where i first got turned on a speed oh really it's like the early 90s so there's a whole section in the book with like me living with gutter punks and skinheads and lower hate yeah when it before yeah when it was like gnarly, when it was just like all junkies and like there yeah. was like projects and shit like that. And it's like, yeah, there's a whole section that's just, it's so surreal. The life I live down there, like with, uh, yeah, with my roommate and the stinky fucking shot speed for like a whole quarter of the first time. And like went oh, into an, 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 went to an immediate psychosis and it was like, I mean, it was just such characters. We were all like poets. We're all like doing spoken words. It was like super fucking cool then. And we're all like, everyone had like some weird fucking like nickname, like Captain, whatever. It's like a handle. You know? Yeah. Like fucking swinging Jim Sinatra (laughs) and fucking all this shit like that. Like it was like fucking Dick Ranger and Mike (laughs) Buffett and like that shit. It was like, it was a fucking incredible time. I mean, it was like, was like what I would have thought New York in the seventies was. It was like super creative. Like we were all broke. We were all just performing, just and like we're all hanging together, and it was awesome. Until like I got so so strung out. Yeah. Speed and like, you know, it just and then my parents just came. I got like a huge infection in my face from like snorting like crank, and like my parents just like came up and grabbed me and dragged me back to L.A. Did the crank, okay. like, kind of cut up the inside of your nose and shit? Oh, I got an infection. I mean, oh, my face fuck. blew up like the kid from mask. Like, I got a huge infection. And then they gave me amoxicillin, which I'm allergic to. So then I got, like, oh, hot on top of it. Yeah. 
And then I called my parents. I was like, I, st- I just got out of like the fucking shithole I was living in. And I stayed in a hotel and I was so, so sick. And my parent, I called my parents. I was like, hey, guys, like I'm sick. Something's wrong. And I, they had no idea that I had been like like doing speed for like seven months at that point. And like oh, running speed dealer. They were so fucking brokenhearted and freaked out and whatever. And it was like dragged me back to L.A. thinking like I'd be sober in L.A. And then, of course, you know. Um, you know, we have like radars. Like I just, yeah. you know, I clean for like, I don't know, it was like clean for like a couple months in LA, but drinking like two bottles of wine a night by myself. And then I would oh. like, I walked into like, you know, a, an antique store and, uh, this like gorgeous gay guy with like perfect muscles and like perfect teeth was like, Hey girl, how you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm okay. He's like, just okay. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, what you need is a rail. And I was like, ding. And then from him, I navigated the entire speed scene of Los Angeles with like, and you know, ended up buying from Mexican gangsters and like, like the whole underworld. And the LA speed scene is much darker than the San Francisco. Oh yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you seen San Francisco lately? It is completely fucking different than like. I went up there. I was up there for Lickwake and I read and, um, they hated me. I guess I wasn't, they're very, very, very PC. And my oh, book very. is very, my book, my book is very on PC. Yeah. No, that's what I, that's, what's awesome. And, uh, they were freaked out by my story. I just like spoke at Powell's. I just read at Powell's and, and Portland's pretty PC too, but they, you know, yeah. and I, literally I can't even tell like when people are just like shocked or mesmerized by my book, like I'm reading and there's like, you know, there's just big eyes and they're quiet. And I'm like, are they hating me? Are they loving it? Are they, I'm not, I have no idea. And it was like, so oh, yeah. You know. um, yeah, the book is pretty fucking edgy and raw, but it's like, well, I have heard a lot of people. I'm really proud of it. It's like, I, I feel like I took 20 years of like gnarly, horrible shit and yeah. turned it into a tool that's helped a lot of people. They're like, thank you, man. I feel less broken. I feel less alone. Like you made me feel less ashamed of shit. Yeah. And you gave me hope because I was like really kind of like diehard. Like no one thought I was going to fucking get clean Yeah. because I was at chronic relapse for like 20 years. And also, you know, to be a woman and talk the way I talk about sex addiction and talk about being a perpetrator of domestic violence and stuff like that. And like, you know, it's not exactly like, woohoo, like, you know, like making you look good. And it's very few women who come out and talk about that shit. Well, yeah, you have to get really introspective on your life. And, but what I like, I like how you say, you know, like how you're using those traumatic negative experiences and turning them around and using them to benefit you, because that's how I feel like this whole podcast came about that. I was like, well, if I'm going to have these horrible past life experiences, I'm going to extort as much good out of them Absolutely. as I can. To. Yeah. You have to. Otherwise yeah. it's like, you're just like, I've wasted so much time and there's too much shame and yeah. all that stuff. It's like, you have to turn it into something. Yeah. You know? And it's like, um, that's, that's all there. That's really all you can do, you know? And, um, in, if you ever do listen to any of the old episodes, I think it was like episode four, I come clean about my last relapse right. on the on the podcast, which was like, I didn't want to do it. But at that point I was like, I just need to get honest about, you know, everything, you know, relapse. It's like, for me, that was a really big part of my 
my journey. And I think, you know, where the people fucking get clean the first time and stay clean for 20 years, like fucking God love them. Like, good for you. Like that's not most people's experience. And a lot of us have to do a lot of experimentation and fall down a lot of times. And it's like, you know, if you do think it's a disease, you know, well, relapse is part of every disease, like cancer and all that kind of shit. And it's like, to me, I just, I don't think there's any shame in relapsing. And I don't like that part of AA where it's like, you know, you're not doing it right or whatever. It's like, sometimes you know where you need to be before you're ready to be there. And it's like, true, you know, I didn't give a fuck. I kept coming back. I didn't give a shit. I'd be secretary. I'd have years sober and fucking and, and relapse. And I just kept coming back because I was just like, I don't give a shit what these people think. I don't care about being queen of AA. Like I don't care. Like I'm trying to save my own life. It's like, I, I didn't feel ashamed. It was my journey. I fucked up. I learned something from every relapse. And it was like, you know, if you're a fucking like, if you're alive, you've got a chance and that's it. You know what I mean? And beating yourself up about it or being too scared to come back to the rooms or being too scared to tell your response. Fuck that. That's part of the fucking experience. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's so few people get clean. So it's like, you know. Oh no, the, the the success rates are so low. It's insane. So low. So it's like, you know, if you're fucking, if you haven't died like, and you're alive after a relapse, awesome. Yeah. Like, you get to start again. How cool is that? Like, you get, you know, and it's like, there are people who, who really, I know one guy, and it took him six years to get 30 days. I was like, Jesus, that's oh. a commitment to me. Like, I, that, I mean, yeah. so I just, I think we really need to take, like, we need to be more inclusive and like, hey, man, welcome fucking back. Glad you're alive. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's weird because I do see different kind of, stereotypical characters within like you know the the meetings and stuff you know totally there's the soapbox person who's just like yeah i know i know time bullies and all that shit yeah so it's like really dude no because for me like the way i see it is is like if you need to take Suboxone, take Suboxone. Oh, who gives a shit? You know, I don't give a fuck. You know, I'm not going to judge. It's not, yeah, it's none of my it's none of my business. Like whatever, Matt, fucking like whatever you need to do to like not shoot heroin and die, fucking do it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're like, "Well, you're not really sober." It's like it's none of your business, man. It's like, you know, I don't care if you get sober, you know, doing handstands. Fucking right on, <laughs> dude. You know what I mean? Like whatever fucking gets you there. Like I think that that infighting you know, within the recovery movement, you know, against harm reduction or mad or 12 well, absence, like not absence isn't for everybody. And that's cool, man. Like if yeah. I could fuck do anything in moderation, I would do it. Like yeah. I'm not one of those people. No, I know. I, I like, I At would, all. I'll abuse it. Like, you know, I had, um, my parents are so unaware of what addiction really is. You know, they would have me see a psychiatrist and then they would recommend I get on Adderall or, or whatever. Mm. And then I would just be popping the whole bottle, you know? And I was just like, well, that didn't work. (laughs) So it's just like, it's just like, I did what you guys wanted of me. And I mean, it's just hard for people who aren't afflicted to even ever fully grasp what it's like. Well, that's why I wrote the book. That's why I wrote the book for other addicts and for people who don't understand. It's like a fucking front row ride. Like, see, you're strapped in next to me. It's all present tense. And it's about, like, people have written to me and been like, I finally get it now. Like, I have now empathy for my brother. Like, I didn't understand addiction. Thank you for, like, I show you what it's like to be in our bodies and our minds. Yeah. What that's like. And I think people, a lot of people have been like, I fucking get it now. Like, they didn't get it before. Did you let me ask you, did you see that new movie? Um, this I know this is completely random. 
an off topic, but did you see the um, Beautiful Boy movie? That- I did. I did. I know Nick Schaff, uh, one of the memoirs that it was based on, uh, The Kid. Okay. The Kid in it. He blurred my book, and I used to write with him at The Fix. Mm-hmm, I did see it. What did you think of it? I liked it. I mean, it was mostly the father's perspective, and yeah. um, there was times also where I was like, like, what the fuck's he shooting? Like, I was like... Me too. Um, I thought oh, it. I was like, like, "Is it heroin? Oh, is it like, eyes?" My, like, how, are you blind? Like, my arms never look like that. Like, I was like, yeah. I mean, they looked bad, but they didn't look like that. Um, yeah. I thought it was good. It um, it felt a little bit incomplete to me. Me too. I totally um, felt I, that I way. I wanted more from the kids' perspective. It was and based on, um, you know, it was based on the dad and and Nick's um, memoirs. But for me, I wanted to see more of his process it was uh, kind of jumped around in, uh, in the timeline kind of randomly in different spots so i felt like it was kind of like there's gaps missing and i felt and like it wasn't funny at all like my you know i'm my hoping you know like like i said it's my thing has been an option for tv it's in development for tv now and it's really? like you know and my book is funny like my book is fu- like i make it fu- like i i i found the humor because that's the only way to get through like there's also moments where people are like you'll just cry it's so sad it's like, I mean, there's a zillion suicide attempts and overdoses and it's like gnarly, but it's like, and I know yeah. saying addiction's funny, but it's like, you know, I also think that, um, you want to show all like, yeah, I mean, colors of the spectrum. Like we laugh about that shit. You know, my yeah. parents aren't, don't laugh about it, but <laughs> <laughs> me neither do mine. Um, you know? Yeah. But it's like when I speak to our people and fucking make jokes about it, they're fucking dying. It's like, because that's to me is how you get rid of the shame you fucking own it and you find the humor yeah. in it and you fucking move on and it's like definitely so i just i did call my dad crying and apologize for what i put him through because yeah because after you watch the movie you mean oh yeah just yeah. like making me like understand him like the fucking 3 a.m phone calls of me loaded or me disappearing or all the seizures and the psych where, i mean i just felt so fucking bad for what i put my parents through for 20 years yeah. On and I, off. And I was just like, I'm so fucking sorry. And my dad was just like, you know, it's all good. Like, he's just like, it's like what I said. That I was on the doctors and my dad, I said something on the doctors that my dad had said to me. And he just said, you know, you, I, I don't have any anger or shame anymore about it because he said, because I feel like you had to go through everything you went through so you could write the books, so you could help other people. And there's no higher calling than helping other people. So I'm not angry or shamed anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I, was I, like, think... I was like, oh, thank God, you know. And that was my big fear is like, I don't want my parents to be on their deathbed worried about what the fuck I'm doing. You know, I want them to kind of have some peace when, it, yeah. when it, God forbid, you know, when that day comes, you know. Totally. Um, yeah. Plus, if I was fucked off, it's going to be a lot harder to bury my parents. You know, like well, yeah. everyone has my to do. Has dementia now, and I'm in. I I am power of attorney, and I you know have to take care of all her affairs. And yeah. I'm the one who talks to the nurse, and I'm the one who handles everything. And it's like, thank God, I'm sober and can fucking do it. Yeah, because you're at a place where you can. You know. You know. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, like when I slipped my wrist in London, she came, flew there, and bathed me because I couldn't get my stitches wet. She came, yeah, yeah, when, or like, or when I, uh, you know, couldn't get out of bed because I, there was like a, there was no crystal available in LA, so I couldn't get high, (laughs) 
And so I couldn't get out of bed because like I was cold turkeying and I was, I couldn't move. I was like, and my mom came into town and she like took care of me and like cleaned my house and like, you know, or like when they moved me to Santa Fe and she would walk in and I'd fucking slam the door in her face because I had like needles and spoons and blood everywhere. Like I was like, you know, I mean, I, I put them through so fucking much and it's like, I'm so thrilled to be in an opportunity where they're proud of me and like to give back you know, to them and to, and to, you know, the world. Yeah. Because we were, you know, my whole life was about me. I'm in pain. I'm selfish. My addiction, me, 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 how I'm feeling. Exactly. You know what I mean? And now it's like, I've got people and I talk to them and like, you know, lead them through stuff. And, you know, it's weird that people also like, they freak out if I write them back. It's so bizarre. Like they're like, I just loved your book and it gave me so much hope. And I'm like, thank you so much. It's so sweet. Like, you know, congratulations on 30 days or whatever. And they're like, oh my God, I'm fangirling out right now. You <laughs> Like, oh my God, I'm just a junkie that wrote a book. Like, for real. Like, when I saw that post on Facebook, you're like, I'd love to have Amy Tristan. I'm like, hi, bitch, I'm here. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh no, I was, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was a little starstruck. I mean, but. but like, but, why? It's so, to me, that's so weird. Well, Maybe I don't have an idea what I'm like, what, what, I don't. I have no idea what the perception of me is in the fucking, you know, social media sphere. Do you know what I mean? But like, all, I'm still like a, just an asshole. <laughs> you know, awesome. my friends, I'm nobody. I don't think I'm anybody. I like went to breathwork last night and cried about my ex for, you know, it's like two years. I'm like, move on, Amy. Like, yeah. good Lord. But well, it's like, I don't really get the starstruck thing, to be honest, but. I think it's because, you know, if you type in your name on YouTube or Google or anything, you're on you're on so many different really bigger name shows and um, you know, cause I was doing a lot of research coming up, you know, leading up to this mm-hmm. interview and whatnot. So it was like, I, you've been putting yourself out there since the release of I know, your I'm book. A whore. I'm just like a podcast for, I I'm mean, like, a, like whatever, like if people come to me and there's an opportunity, I'll do it because you never know what person that might reach. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, so it's like, I think that also I'm rare in terms of the way how brazenly I speak about stuff. No, yeah, you you're you don't hold back, and that's no. what I enjoy. No. You know, I mean, yeah, I saw some I saw some footage of me at Powell's, and I'm like, wow, I am terrifying. Oh my god, like, could I swear more? Like, yikes! And I'm like <laughs> a fucking twenty. I was like with my hair in a bun and my little glasses on my head. And I'm like still totally terrifying. I was like, oh my god, girl. Oh. No wonder you're intimidating, man. Like, bring it down a notch. But it's like, <laughs> I am who I am. And it's like, that's, you know, it's like, it's great for stage. It's great for speaking. It's, you know, amazing for writing. But in real life, people are like, yikes. <laughs> that's how I feel. Like, I, I didn't even think my stories were that, like, extreme until I recorded myself telling them. And then people were like, oh, no, you're fucking insane. And I was like, <laughs> fuck. Really? Okay. <laughs> I was like, I guess at least you get some entertainment value out of it. Like, that's yeah. fine by me. Like, you know? whatever. I mean, that's, you know. It is what it, it is. Yeah. yeah. It's like, that's the life, man. And it's like. It really is. You know. So, it's like, you just got to own it and just be like, whatever, you know. <laughs> exactly. Do you think war stories are, what do you think about war stories in general? Like, do you think they, people should hold back on telling them or do you think they're too triggering? Like. Because well, I mean, well, fucking dopey is all war stories, isn't it? I mean, it's like it is, I mean, the whole but thing I think is they've like, they've done a lot of transitioning as since Chris um, Chris passed away. I think you know. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that 
for some people, some of my war stories w- allowed people to identify. Yeah. And also, um, like really get that it was like a legit problem or also that it was so bad that they like, if she can get better, I can get better. I right. tried to it in a way that wasn't super triggering and glamorizing the use or the thing. Cause you know, when you're shooting by yourself, it's not glamorous at all. No, it's, it's lonely. Really fucking, it's so lonely and yeah. it's so fucking dark. And like every time you, you might die, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, not, it's super dark and gnarly. So, I mean, I don't know. This one guy on Twitter was like, I wish you talked more about her healing. I can hear fucking a drunk log any Sunday. And I like literally my head exploded and I wanted to be like, okay, bitch, like when you write a book, you let me know. And like, I didn't know you were an editor, you know, like my head fucking got really. And I just was like, who cares, Amy? Like when you put yourself out there, a lot of people are going to like love you. And some people are going to not feel like exactly. I I think I explained how I got to where I am now. But I mean, I also think that there is some element that's inexplicable, which is why they think it's God in AA, because we don't know why people fucking get it. Some people get it and some people don't. There's yeah. a click and it happens and it's like, you like, know, yeah, there's know. not a formula. If there's a formula, we could just give it to everyone and everyone we could get clean. Like, I mean, I thought I explained it really well, which was the fact that like I lost everything and I was on the chain gang and I had an epiphany on the chain gang where I was just like 42 years old you know, living in sober living on medical disability, sweeping the streets. And I was yeah. like, my life sucks. And I was feeling really sorry for myself. And then I thought, wait a fucking second. This is the, re- this is the consequences of all your decisions and your actions. Yeah. Like this could be the best thing that ever happened to you. You're at a crossroads. This could be the best thing that ever happened to you or could be the worst thing that ever happened to you. And it's your yeah. fucking decision. Like, what if we embraced all of this? What if this was like, all fucking planned and like what if you're supposed to learn things here like let's find the joy let's find the lessons you know what i mean it's not again it's not what happens it's how you react and this is before i wrote a book or anything like i just decided like i'm gonna allow this to burn off all my princess bullshit entitlement (laughs) i'm gonna learn how to sweep and i'm gonna learn how to be humble and i'm gonna learn how to be have a work ethic I'm going to learn how to finish what I start and I'm going to learn how to take the consequences of my actions. And I just like, I embraced the whole thing and it changed my attitude. And there was times where I actually had fun on the chain gang and it became a transformative fucking experience for me on a level I can't even describe. And it's like, that was my fucking turnaround. So it's like, I don't know what that guy didn't fucking get, (laughs) you know? I mean, even in the sex addiction, I talk about bottoming out where I had this moment where I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, I cannot I, do this anymore. I did the same thing. I was, you know, clean, but I was in drug court, and I was just be, a massive whore. And I was yeah, just on well, Tinder. Not, yeah, it was so yeah, fucked. Oh, Tinder. Oh my god. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, me too. I know. It's like nothing but bad experiences. It's so easy. It's just yeah. so fucking. It's terrible. Yeah, and it was yeah. like I was completely. But it's like that's what we do. Like we put down one thing and we pick up another. But it's all fucking addiction. It's all alcoholism. It's all our brain trying to get dopamine. I can hear you vaping, yep. and I put yeah. down vaping, oh. and it's like. It's I, all dopamine. So I chain vape dopamine? nicotine all day. <laughs> yeah. What do Nicotine. Yep. Fucking. Caffeine. Caffeine and nicotine caffeine, are my only vices sex, now. You know, yeah. falling in love, gambling, shopping, you know, all that shit. And it's like, it's all d- seeking dopamine. Oh, yeah. So it's like, you know, I mean, I had to go through that. And it's like, that was the hardest stuff to write in the book because it's really embarrassing shit that I let men treat me that way, that I did that. And it's like, you know, 
I went to Sloan, I went to SAA and blah, blah. And it was like, you know, so I just, but that's the stuff I needed to talk about because that's the stuff people need to talk, hear. That's women were like, God, I fucking identified. And I'm like, there you go. Like, who gives a shit about looking good? You're trying to look good in an addiction memoir. You're not <laughs> like for real. People yeah. are like, you seem like an asshole. I was like, well, I was mentally ill and doing drugs. Yeah, I was. An I mean, asshole. yeah. What do you think is going to happen? It's yeah, a recipe it's for like, disaster. Uh, yeah, it's like if you're if you're a nice person while you're mentally ill and doing drugs, like why get sober? Why? <laughs> yeah. And also, where's the book gonna go? You know what I mean? Like you're an angel at the beginning while you're shooting cocaine and like brandishing knives. Like where? You know what I mean? There's like, you know, like publishers want narrative arc. They want to fucking, which is really hard to create when you have 20 years of relapse because addiction yeah. is so repetitive. Oh yeah. You know what it's, I mean? It's like, oh, I got clean, and then I felt, and then I relapsed, and then I got clean, and then I relapsed. And it's like, how do you create a fucking narrative that is was going to hold people's attention, where they're not going to be like, holy shit, when is this bitch going to get it together? My God, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean because I've been trying to do writing. I thought, you know, the podcast would be a good way to get a lot of the timeline of my stories mm. on some sort of medium. But uh, I've been doing a lot of phone interviews while I'm waiting for my co-host to return. Uh, but I have, you know, like 30 to 40 ones from the vault uh, that I'm finding, like, I'm questioning if it's like, because I'm trying to find this fine line between not glamorizing, but not being too preachy. Yes. You know, and because, um, I mean, no one wants to hear that either. And no. uh, we have, uh, I mean, I've been telling, I've been asking everybody about certain like uh older episodes that i'm editing on you know my computer but like i have one it's like a year exactly almost exactly a year old maybe just over a year old and i'm on i'm doing a phone interview i'm at my house and my co-host is on the run from drug court and he's hiding out in a undisclosed location you know probe he's got a warrant out for him probation's looking for him and i'm on the phone interviewing him and he's all strung out and at one point during the phone interview, he's like, I got to cook up a shot. Oh, wow. And he cooks, yeah, he, like a 10 minute, you know, clip of him. He's cooking up a shot and I'm just so awkward. <laughs> so I was like, now that I was like, well, then that's kind of too far, you know? And then as soon as I was like, even questioning that I had someone else on the fucking interview, like as a, you know, because I don't. I haven't really interviewed any big name people, you know, like you and Dave are probably the the most well-known people I've had, but everyone else I've had are just people from the streets that talk about right, right, right. their crazy ass life, you know, because they're just as interesting as everybody else of in course. my mind. And, um, you know, I had someone else on and then at the end of the interview, he just blurps out, yeah, I shot up Coke while we were fucking wow. doing it. So I was like, fuck my life, dude. And wow. So, yeah, I think it's really important, I mean, to do a balance. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like, I, I think, you know, like a drunk log is important so people identify, but I think it's important also to give solution and the way that you got out, but also to be also, you know, I make it all like my, this is how I did it. Not you should. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I make we, it we like, this make is mistakes what I along the way, you know, like you no know, one's going to get it I, right perfectly the yeah, first time, you know? It's, so it's like, yeah. So it's like, I think there's a fine line like between like people allowing people to identify and, glamorizing it you know what yeah. i mean it's really it's a and it's a hard line and also it's very like, hard giving solution and not preaching which i just like i said i just make it about like kind of what worked for me finally yeah and being really humble about it it's like and also like 
you know, being open, like, this is what worked for me. Like, find what works for you. Not being like, this is the only way. Like, fuck that. We yeah. have kind of shit, you know? Yeah, that's, it's. I'm not, not down with that. Like, I don't no. give a shit if you, however you get sober. Like, we're all on the same path. So I don't understand all the infighting in the recovery movement, you know, yeah. against harm reduction or like 12. Like, who gives a shit? No, yeah. If it works, then it fucking works. You yeah, know? that's it. If you know, there's you know, it's not a one size fits all fucking formula. We're all different. Some people come in with trauma. Some people come in with mental illness. Like it's all different. Like whatever works for you, cool, great. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel. You know. No, totally. I, I c- couldn't agree with. And you I got more. a lot of pushback because I say junkie, and everyone's like, it's SUD, and I'm like, fuck that. I'm What's not SUD? Substance use disorder. Oh, whatever. I'm a junkie. I'm a fucking heroin. Right. I'm a dope that's, fiend. Well, I'm a hopeless dope fiend. That stigma, you know, I, that's the stigma. Is you're, if you're clean and dirty and junky and you're using stigma, you're stigmatizing, stigmatizing language. And I'm oh like, that God, is not whatever. why people fucking have a weird fucking view of fucking drug addicts. It's because of the behavior that we do. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And I say this all the time. I wrote a piece about it. And Howard Wetzman was like, Fuck SUD. He he's a doctor and a psychologist, psychiatrist and an addictionologist, and he's also sober. And he was just like, you know, SUD. Like you could be like, oh well, Steve. You know, you gotta forgive Steve, man. Steve has SUD, and it's like I don't give a shit. That fucker stole my car and owes me two hundred dollars. Like that. (laughs) It's not some fancy fucking name. Yeah. it's not so like a, some name is going to fucking magically fix anything, you know? Yeah, like, I've gotten pushback for that. I've gotten pushback also for um, outing for breaking my anonymity and saying that I'm in AA in the book. And I'm like, it's not the 30s, man. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Times are changing, you know? Yeah, like, I you know, I think we need to all, like, you know, come out in recovery and, like, People think A is a creepy Christian cult, and I'm trying to explain why <laughs> really? it's not. Yeah. And I do, and it's like, so I don't represent A. I represent myself, and it's like I, like I don't. I think that's helpful. And you know what? It, I turned out that one girl wrote to me, and she just said, "Hey, man, you seem made. You, you know, A has always creeped me out, but like you seem cool, and you kind of made A seem cool. And like, would you meet me at a meeting?" And I was like, "Yeah, man." And I met her at a meeting. She got sober. So fucking nice. whoever tells me anonymity doesn't work fuck them you know what i mean it worked yeah so and it's like i do talk about the creepy part of aa because that's honest i'm not yeah. you know they're predatory fucking dudes in aa and blah blah oh and it's God. like it's, it's <laughs> creepy it's, yeah i'm like i'm telling the truth like i'm not there's no sugarcoating it it's like you know the book's not for everyone it's gnarly yeah. I mean, I still feel kind of like an outsider in some regards just because I'm still getting to know like my my way about the program and meetings and stuff. And sometimes I just want to tell these people like, you know, you guys need to change your clean date because you guys are freebasing pure unadulterated gossip right now. And Ooh. it's just fucking like ridiculous, you know? Yeah. Because like, they're getting high off. Like, dude, I, I, I hate the gossip. I hate the fucking. Yeah, the fucking... it's a huge problem. It's a huge yeah. problem in a. Yeah, you know, and it's just like, I mean, yeah, and then the creepy dudes, 13-stepping, and, and just like, it's so bizarre, you know, because I, I, I'm constantly having to check myself and be like, all right, that's unhealthy behavior, Yeah, that's it gets very high schooly, you know. Oh, very it's like, clicky sometimes, yeah. Yeah, I know. I ta- it's very, you know, I pulled back from a lot of that, and, you know, uh, I mean, it's important to really get, immerse yourself when you're new, but it's like, yeah, it can... 
mean, there's, you know, again, it's like any, you know, like little community, like, you know, there's going to be, you know, assholes and there's going to be amazing people. It's a microcosm yeah. of the real world. And it's like, so. And some people know. are just filling the void with something else, even if it's not drugs, whether it's acting out in unhealthy ways or, you know, having an unhealthy relationship or, you know. Of course. But, yeah. you know, that's also everyone's process. It's like a bunch yeah. of motherfuckers getting well together. And it's like. Exactly. Some people, you know, it's like, yeah. I mean, my experience has been that most men. Like, you know, their sex and the, the women, the way that sex and love addiction is like rampant, even among guys with like a zillion years sober, like the way they treat women is horrific. And I've been 13 stepped a lot and I've 13 stepped, you know, <laughs> so I did I've it. Done, I did I've been it on too. both sides was, of the coin. Yeah. Yeah. I talk yeah. about it in the fucking book. I fucking dated someone who had four months and, you know, was like 15 years younger than me. And like, guess who got their ass handed to me in that, in the, handed them in that relationship? I did. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yep. Not him. <laughs> Newcomers are crazy. Fucking, you know, it's like, you know, it's the same thing when I was like going through my divorce. I dated someone, I had 30 days and he had like 20 something years and I fucking ruined that guy. Oh, you know, man. I fucking, I was so crazy going through divorce, 30 days going, you know, I mean, he, I broke his fucking heart and it's like, you know, so there is something to it. It's like, you know, and again, there's no hard and fast rules. There are people who fucking no. meet and fucking fall in love and it's perfect. And it's like fucking, you know, whatever. I don't yeah. tell my sponsors not to fucking date in the first year. Like, good luck doing that. It's like, I think as long as you're able to pull back from a, a negative situation that arises from that and then like like we were saying, extract a lesson out of it. Totally. So then, well, you're, yeah, you're, exactly. then it's not wasn't for nothing, you know? Absolutely. I mean, you know, that's the thing. It's like, you know, wisdom you know, comes from fucking bad experience. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's exactly. It. It's like, exactly. that's the way you learn. And it's like, I told my sponsor, I was like, I think this is a really bad idea. And, but I'm like, you get to fucking live your life and we'll walk through the consequences together. And of course the thing exploded in her face and yeah. I was like, she's like, you were right. <laughs> and I was like, okay. You but know, that's, you don't sometimes wanna... we're addicts and that's the only way we learn of is course. by falling down, you know? Of so course. sometimes you got to let them burn their hand on the stove. So yeah. And it's like, you know, I don't want to be someone's higher power. Like, you know, if they, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, I don't want, you don't want them to be dependent on you for good or bad advice. Like I, if I'm, what if I'm wrong? What if I say something and it's like the love of her life or like, what if exactly. I me? Or it's like, or if I'm right all the time, then she's like dependent on me. And it's like, true. that's not like, here's my suggestion. And then you get to do what you want. I like or that. I have experience with that, bro. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I go to someone else. No, that's, I like, I really like the way you said that. You know, what's really funny too is, um, everyone calls me, I have like a slew of nicknames now. Cause I, I am like adamantly open about having one testicle now. <laughs> so they call me half sack or uh bow ball bag. Like, uh, this is news to me. So this is, this is the way you were born. It was a no. surgery. What happened? Uh, well, I, I had moved back around 2009. I moved from, cause I was born in LA and I was born in 84, uh, in downtown LA. And then like a year before the LA riots, we moved up here to central coast. Uh, and then I went to high school, did a little bit of college here. And then around 2009, I moved back to LA to do the whole musician music, uh, you know, recording arts, sound right. engineering. And I think halfway or like core, like 30, 40% through the program, I had gotten diagnosed with testicular cancer. Oh my God. So then I had to do all this crazy shit. You know, I was living in Hollywood and then, um, I had to move, I, I moved from Hollywood to Pasadena and I, I, that's when I got really bad because I was like, you know, I didn't, 
I didn't know what the fuck was going to happen to me. I was like, yeah, I didn't know if I was going to live or die. And God, then I, that's gnarly. God, yeah. so young. Really? Yeah. Is it genetic? Uh, no. Well, apparently the most common times a male will is likely to get testicular cancer is in his early 20s. So, and I, I know the know moment I actually got it because I was in Hollywood. I was right off of Yucca Street and like Coenga. I was living like living over there, and um, I could I just it all all of a sudden felt like I got kicked in the nuts like out of nowhere, and um, then like three days later, it was like one of my testicles was just like like twice, two, three times bigger than the other one. Wow! And I had to go through this whole process where they were like, you know, they're like, is it a? They're like. I saw some quack doctor in Hollywood and he was like, oh, it might be a STI or STD. And I was like, what no. STI or STD do you know of where no. one testicle no. gets that big? No. Like, I've never heard of that. No. And then they gave me like cultures and that was a fucking traumatic in itself. And oh, then they I'm did sure. A, they did an ultrasound and then they finally saw it was like a tumor that was cancerous. Wow. And, yeah. So they got that, um, my urologist in Hollywood, he actually got me in surgery really fast. But then it was this whole process where then I had an oncologist try to scare me into chemo. And um, after my MRI scan, there was no cancer cells in my body. So I was like, well, why do you need fucking, why would I need to do three rounds of chemo? Like right. no cancer cells in my body. And so then I got really proactive because I was like, and I was like reading all these articles about, you know, that over prescribing chemo to people who didn't mm -hmm. need it necessarily. And, you know, I'll never, I always tell this to everybody, but I'll never forget uh, the oncologist saying this because it just it was so absurd. He said, um, he was like, he, he was like, you get this chemo and he was like, you can just eat all the McDonald's you want. You just eat all the McDonald's you want afterwards. What? I was like, well, I was like, why would you even? What the fuck? I don't what even like McDonald's. You're gonna lose weight? I don't know. Like, I thought. I think it, he just sounded like a cheap used car salesman to me. So I was like, What does like, that even mean? Like, I, yeah, exactly. Crappy food, and it's not. You're, what? Yeah, I think. Well, he he was probably just gonna get like a forty five percent commission off of whatever Gross. I paid. I know. Yeah, doctors. You know. so fucking gnarly. All yeah. that shit. And so you know, three rounds of chemo at like four thousand five hundred dollars each you would have made like you know eight really seven eight thousand dollars. i have a lot of friends going through breast cancer and it's just yeah, like it's gnarly dude yeah yeah and then i turned down the chemo and then you know medical caught wind and they called me and they're like oh so you're not going to do the chemo and i was like no fuck chemo i'm not i mean i'm not telling anyone else don't do chemo i was just like this is my choice for my life like if you feel like it's right or if of it's course. if it's reached your lymph nodes I'm not, yeah, right. I'm not a doctor. Yeah, I'm not here. Body, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not one to like tell you anyone what to do. I was just like, for me. So Medi-Cal called me and I was like, yeah, I'm not doing chemo. And so then Medi-Cal tried to drop me because I was like a high risk for whatever. Oh, so then I had to do like this Medi-Cal appeals claims court oh, in downtown LA. They, they kicked me off. Because I hadn't tried to kill myself or had a seizure for a couple of years. They're oh, like, yeah, you're so doing too well. Bye. And they yeah, it was like, ridiculous. California. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I had, once I had moved to Pasadena, I was managing like a bunch of weed dispensaries and I got into <sighs> growing weed. I became this big stoner and then uh, I was making all this money, but then I got really deep into opiates, like bad. And then that's, you know, I'd gotten uh I guess, you know, it's weird because I guess, you know, back then Proposition 215 had passed, so it was medicinal, but not recreational yet. 
So it was like in the county of Pasadena, there was no storefronts allowed, but there was like delivery services allowed. So I, I would just be managing these delivery services. I'd be driving around Pasadena or LA or downtown with like three or four cell phones. And I just, as long as I could take a call and text the order to my drivers, it was fucking, I could go anywhere I wanted. It was like wow. the best job ever, you know, <laughs> I just, I just, I just be eating on like, you know, nice restaurants on sunset. <laughs> you know, while I'm just got five phones in my hand and people just look at me so strangely. And then uh, eventually, um, but it was like a gray area. Because uh, I don't know if you know this, but they were making those dabs and those concentrates or whatever with uh, butane hash extraction kind of methods. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was such a, it was like a new, like kind of primitive kind of science behind it. People didn't have good ventilation systems. So, you know, one little spark and they'll blow up their fucking house. Oh, Jesus Christ. So if you had gotten caught with a, um, with a butane hash extraction lab, you'd get the same charge as a meth lab. Wow. You know, cause there's all these YouTube videos of kids blowing their parents' houses up and shit. Oh my shit. God. Yeah, I did was not getting... know about this. I mean, I did CBD. I tried CBD for my seizures and it did not work. Oh, um, was it, was it edible form or was it like, it was, it was an oil in capsules and it was through a dispensary online. It was through a doctor. This is before it was legal and it doesn't make you high at all. Cause there's no. like so little THC, yeah. but it's like, and I mean, it was supposed to be amazing. I mean, like it's kids having hundreds of seizures a day and all of a sudden they fucking are, you know, cause they're fine. And I mean, epilepsy medications really hardcore and gnarly yeah. and the side effects oh, are yeah. so super, super, super gnarly. Very. And I tried it and it just didn't work for me. It just, my, you know, my, it doesn't work for everyone or every no. type of seizure. And yeah. so I just was like, okay. Yeah. You I mean, know. that was, but the I one tried thing. it and I wrote a piece about it and people were like, are you getting high? I'm like, no, I'm not getting high, <laughs> motherfucker. It's CBD. You know, it's like, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's so like, funny. Hey, yeah. So yeah, it was just weird. Like but I had a pod card and you know, all my pothead friends were like, will you go to the fucking store and buy me, fucking, <laughs> you know, the vape thing. I'm like, oh. Yes. And it's like, you know, it just, I, had a, I hate pot and I fucking don't know anything about it. So they, they're like, well, which one do you want? You want the sativa? And I'm like, uh, you know what I mean? And I just was like, it felt so weird in there. And it felt like, I mean, I was like a couple years sober and I just thought, God, this sucks. Like, what if there'd been like stores like this for like Coke or meth? Like, can you imagine? Like, all these Ugh. are all types for meth. Here are all the different types of meth. Like, I would have been, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, I know. I'd have been like a kid in the I candy was so store. Jealous. I was so jealous. I was just like, yeah, and like, you know, when you have a like, once you go to the needle or when you're shooting up all these different drugs, like, it gets to the point where it's like, weed isn't just like, it doesn't have the same effect as when you were a teenager. You're just like... I don't, weed never worked for me. It always made me paranoid and weird. I was always like, I'm thinking too much. And like, I just couldn't, you know. I liked the paranoia at first because it was like Ugh. a 20-minute paranoia and then I'd usually pass through it and then get... No, because never. like, yeah, this... It made me so stupid. It made me yeah, so. Yeah, that's what I didn't like. Is I didn't like melting in my couch or losing my keys or none of that. So I yeah, would always stick uh, yeah. to sativas. I just yeah, I was just like whatever. So yeah. I mean, I was also. I a mean, big I fan. had friends though that like literally pot is ruining their lives. I'm sorry. Like, oh no, it, they it, are not moving forward. They should be doing all this kind of cool shit, and they keep going. Hey, like I really need to quit smoking so much pot. I really think I'm not in my, you know, in my career in the place I could be yeah. because of this. And I think it's making me more depressed. And I'm like, oh, hey, man, sure. I'll go to fucking MA meeting with you. Like, it's not my fucking jam, but I'll take you. But it's like, I think that 
I mean, I feel bad for people who are addicted to pot because I think that because it's such a slow and sort of elusive downhill spiral, it's so much easier to like not pretend you don't have a problem. Especially because of the social stigma. It's like so acceptable. Yeah. And it's like, you're not fucking overdosing. You're not fucking getting arrested. You're not, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, so it's like, it's so, yeah, it's just much easier and you can be, you can be kind of much more functional and da, 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 da. And it's like, so it's, it's much harder to make of a problem. And like, you know, I'm glad, like for me, I went hard and fast. And like when I p- would pick up, I was with, I was back in rehab or the ER within a couple months, always. Oh, wow. It was, yeah. just, it was it, you know, it was like, I didn't fuck around. Well, I mean, it's just like, I think it's up to the individual to understand or to, to realize what, what anything is causing them, you know, a um, problem in their life, whether it's weed or sex or, you know, McDonald's yeah, or whatever absolutely. the fuck. No, for you sure. Know? That's why, cause I was very, like, I mean, I always had this bias for being like pro cannabis after, you know, it had helped me and. You know, after I would see people, I would see like six-year-old kids have seizures and then they'd, you know, squirt, I guess it was the CBD in their mouth and they would instantly be like, get out of it. I know, it's it. incredible. It yeah, was I, was so ho- I was so hopeful, but it didn't work for me at all. Yeah, and, and I was also very, I don't know if you know anything about Kratom or this whole thing about Kratom that's been, uh, you know, being talked about with the, you know, the FDA or the DA trying to ban it still. But mm-hmm. I was taking that when I was in drug court because, you know, I was still dating this girl and she would shoot up heroin right in front of me and um i would take kratom just because it would make my physical craving instantly just dissolve away you know so uh but at the same time i know other people who would take kratom and it would cause them to relapse on heroin or opiates or whatever interesting so just like everyone's different different. yeah Yeah. so you kind of have to kind of like like maneuver through this world and be very self-aware of what things are doing to you or how yeah, things absolutely. are causing you problems, absolutely. you know, absolutely. So, cause I'm not, I mean, for me, it's like, I'm only here to tell my experience and my story, but I'm never here to recommend or suggest anything because absolutely. that's up to, that's up to the individual, totally. you know, totally. And I don't want to, I'm not some self-righteous, like, Oh, you know, like, it's just like, this is me. This is my life. This is, this is all I can, this is all I really am here to present. I'm not here to be fucking, you know, like demanding or saying people need to do this or people need to do that. It's like, dude, just do you do what, as long as you're not hurting anyone else and you are recognizing what can be hurting you or your right. relationships, then that's what's important. That's what my I message totally is agree always with you. trying to be. That's why it's weird when people write to me and they're like, you know, want advice on, you know, how to get sober or meds or this or that. And it's like, man, I, I, I really, you know, yeah. I have, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychiatrist. Like, you know what I mean? No. Yeah. I can make recommendations like you said, but I'm not going to say this is like the law of what you have to do. Like, you know, I can just say, well, this is what helped me. And if it helps you good, if it doesn't, then you're going to need to find something else, you know? Yeah. 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 Totally. I agree with you. Yeah. We don't even really fully understand what the fuck is going going on on in our brains at all. At all. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, it's been an hour and a half, um, <laughs> but this has been a really good, uh, like con like all the topics we're talking about. Well, there's so many like other things I wanted to talk to you about, but we just, you know, carried on. Uh, I come back on.
can come back on. I Read the fucking to. book, man. I'm going to crush Okay, so you. I did get the – I have the book, but I also have – I was li- listening to the Audible or the audiobook uh-huh. version. So I was kind of like skipping through different parts and listening you to you, you narrate it. You start from the beginning, man. I know. I'm fucking at wild ADHD and I'm just now yeah, – like since like- I've been – in early recovery, I've been really recognizing how bad my ADHD is. Mm-hmm. Um, the main thing is like retaining information. Like, because I'd be going to college and I'd walk out of a classroom or a lecture for addiction studies or whatever. And I'd just be like, I just forgot everything that they were talking about. Uh, <laughs> it was horrible. I don't know. You seem fine to me. I don't know. You seem super smart and educated and remembered everything. Well, I appreciate it. And, um, <laughs> um, you know, I I will definitely send you a message after I read the whole. I'm a, I want to read the whole book because everyone yeah, who has really, told I, me, I'm, I'm interested to hear what you think. Everyone who's talked to me about, uh, you know, reading your book, they said that they picked it up and it was a, it was like an addiction in itself. They yeah, couldn't put I know. it down. Well, I know, you know how to fuck keep people's attention. Like I'm not yeah. dumb. You know, <laughs> I grab you by the throat and fucking drag you through it. Like everyone's like, I read it like two hours, or like I'm like, oh my god. Or two days, yeah. It's like, well, I didn't want to bore people, you know? No, like, and that's cool because um, I I kind of want to do some kind of – because I've always been really into writing and stuff. I've been more into like music and stuff. I, I come from a whole family of artists, so, you know, it, it comes kind of like, you know, kind of natural to me to like kind of try and make content that is, you know, entertaining or grabs the listener, you know? Right. And uh, definitely, if you could, try and listen to some of my um, – previous episodes because i always do these fucked up ass intros where i like chop up samples of like drugged out movies and then put them over you know whatever music i'm into at the time because and i'm not going to be able to do that for much longer you know i'm sure one viral video that we do i will get a million copyright infringement <laughs> things. so i know that's gonna be i'm gonna have to put an end to that eventually <laughs> but um yeah, so yeah, we're just I mean, we're trying to do anything and everything over here. Like I'm gonna be on house arrest on the nineteenth of this month. Fuck. Well then <laughs> you're gonna have lots of time. Yeah, because um because remember when I told you about my first Narcan overdose? Yeah. I get out of the hospital, I walk back to the hotel where I had overdosed, you know, my car's there, but my ex and her, you know, new partner is like uh, have my keys. So then I got to like find my way, like through the, like some trap house, get my keys. And on the way to doing that, I had looked in my pocket and I had like a little container of black tar and, you know, there's a little piece of each of the drugs. And I threw it in a trash can on like Colorado Boulevard, like in front of a Seven Eleven. I just threw it in the trash. But by the time I go to the trap house, get my keys, I come back and then I'm like, fuck, I got to drive all the way back from L.A. to San Luis Obispo. That's like a two and a half, three hour drive. And I'm coming down because I got narcan So I go, I get my car and I drive up to, I'll never forget this. I drive up to the fucking 7-Eleven and it's daytime by now. Oh God, I just you flip, went through the trash, of well, course. Oh, I was smart about it. I just flip the lid over and I take the whole trash bag, stick it in my trunk, yeah! drive drive around to the alleyway, and I'm just dumping it out, jumping oh out the God, trash. Because I was like, I don't want people to see me dig through the trash, but I but found my drugs. Like, I don't care about digging through the trash. I just don't want people Fuck to see no. me doing it. <laughs> exactly. And then I, you know, I go to like Lake Street, find I know I know where I can buy fucking fresh rigs, you know. So then I'm like um, back at it again, cocaine psych. But but by then. Uh, I think I had made it to like Goleta, Santa Barbara Goleta, and all I have is Coke, and I'm like been up for days, so I kind of nodding out, and I crashed my car. Uh, 
in Goleta because like someone was leaving a bar or something and I didn't have time to fucking, you know, swerve out of the way. So yeah, I just totaled my car and uh, fractured my ribs. I think I had fluid in my lungs and stuff. Oh, that happened to my friend who like was in a motorcycle accident. Yeah. Yeah. So I was at Cottage Hospital for like a week. And then, um, so I had to deal with this DUI from almost two years ago. So um, just now I'm having to deal with it, but I'm only going to be on, I'm going to be on house arrest for like 18 days. So it's nothing, you know? Because they wanted to give me community service for at first, and there, which was like forty five, like eight hour work shifts. But then they were like, "Oh, we're gonna give you eighteen days house arrest." I was like, "Fuck it!" So we're gonna do these like live stream, like DJ mixes and stuff, and I'm gonna call it um, <laughs> what, what were we called? Unks uh, house arrest house party. <laughs> hilarious! I love it. Right? It's so hilarious. we're gonna be yeah, doing that. Yeah, use the time productively, man. You yeah. might as well. I know. So. I mean, we're we're trying to do all kinds of shit. I mean, I've been kind of carrying the whole weight of this on my shoulders until my co-host comes back. And yeah, of course, we're trying to even do a a recovery based app for uh, the phone, but that's just a whole another fucking thing too. It just so, but um, you know, we'll we'll definitely talk, and I would definitely love to have you back on. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. Of um, course, man, my pleasure. Yeah, your story is is. You know, I've, from what I've heard, you know, how you've described it on other shows and stuff. And from what I've heard from the audiobook, it's, it's, it's kind of very similar to me. Yeah. It's pretty um, but, uh, and maybe different little various differences, but I mean, LA is a fucked, I, you still live in LA, right? Yeah. I live in West Hollywood. Yeah. Dude, I don't know. I'm, I guess if. I would probably want, I don't know, maybe a, at least a year under my belt if I were to go back to L.A. I mean, there's you know? such good meetings. There's such a good yeah. community here. I mean, the sobriety really here is amazing. So and there's it's like, always something to that, do. It's easy. It's easy. Yeah, there's always something to do in L.A. That's what yeah. I loved about it. Yeah, I like, mean, like, yeah, totally. So here, it's like, it's like there's a million hiking trails. Oh, God. And, that, and, oh. and meetings. And that's all. That's all oh, kill me. Oh, my God. Exactly. Oh. So I have to really get creative. Brutal. Oh. Right? Um, but no, uh, thank you again. Um, of course. Is there anything you want to say to our, I guess we call our audience? No, guys, my book's called My Fair Junkie. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it at Barnes and Noble. You can go to my website, amydresner.com. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter, uh, Facebook. Uh, I'm going to be, uh, in Ohio. Oh, fuck. Speaking. At Zane, I'm going to be in Zanesville, Ohio. I know at that is. The Recovery Nation fucking, uh, like, whatever event. Um, on the 23rd of March, I'm going to be at Annie's Bookstore in Spokane, Washington on the nice. 14th of March. Um, You're just hopping around all over the fucking yeah, place. Yeah, I just, yeah, I'm going to. I'm uh, performing at the International Women's Conference this Friday, doing a little bit of stand-up, which has been like an old, like I've been on stand-up for a while, so i got to put my set together. Yeah. Uh, uh, possibly going to be in Reno coming September. So, yeah, nice. things are coming up. I have all that stuff's on there. And, um, yeah, that's it. Just, like, banging that's out new awesome. pieces for the fix. And Did you start um, your comedy um, kind of – or started in comedy after recovery or during your addiction? Yes, I was always sober when I did. Okay. I, I relapsed at the very end when I was doing stand-up, and okay. it was really bad. 
So well, then, and then I got arrested and, you know, I was like, I, you know, yeah. trying to kill myself and I was like, oh, okay, I need to put my life <laughs> together. I was like, not, you know, trying to get through a, a divorce and a criminal trial where sort of at the thing sober were the top of my list, not like a tight 10 at the comedy store. I was like, all right, let's put that on the back. Oh burner. yeah. And well, then the comedy store has got so much history behind it and yeah. a lot of fucking addicts. Oh, totally. Know, I just was like can't fucking hang at that hole. <laughs> I mean, you're either sober or you're an addict. Like if you're a comic, mostly. Oh yeah. A, you're one like, of the other extremes. You're not, yeah, you're not I just like, was like oh. I need to stay out of that scene. And it's like, I was in sober living and there was an 11 o'clock curfew. I was going to be like, well, I need to blow curfew so I can do an eight minute set. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like, I was just like, yeah. Fuck this. I just, so I just started writing and now we're here with a That's book and all that kind of shit. So. Talking with me, you know, <laughs> Well, thank you so much again. It was great talking to you. Of um, course. And um, definitely we'll stay in touch. So Sounds um, good, man. All right. Well, take care again, take care. and I'll Thanks talk to you soon. Me. Okay, all right. bye. Bye. All right, you guys. Um, that was fucking amazing. Uh, fucking Amy is the coolest fucking person ever. Like, she's so friendly, so outgoing, so outspoken. She taught me some shit, you know? Um, but, you know, I'm all talked out. It was almost hour and 40 minutes I, like I was only expecting to go an hour long but um, but you know we had so much shit to talk about it was so interesting so anyway you guys I got a shit I got shit to do my uh, my giant pile of laundry is calling my name I got a fucking clean rain gutters I gotta do a very exciting like you know kind of celebrity kind of shit cleaning rain gutters right now so um, I'll talk to you guys later uh you know, Nod Squad, we do have, what is it, a Facebook, a fucking Twitter, Instagram. We have other social medias, but really, I just want to get my Twitter numbers up, my Facebook numbers up, and Instagram up. And, oh, the YouTube channel. Yeah, we need to do something with the YouTube channel. Ryan comes back on uh, March-ish, so pretty soon. And, um... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I oh, and you know, I really have to pee right now. This coffee. I guess coffee is a diuretic or whatever the fuck. So anyway, guys, uh, you know, if you're struggling out there, you can always reach out to us, Nod Squad Podcast at gmail.com, or find either the Nod Squad pages or the Brian Unk Albert pages. We can do Skype calls. We have a Discord even to take calls. Uh, I even have this Anchor app that I did a couple podcasts on, but I guess we'll see what the fuck happens. Um, uh, so, you know, with that, I'm out of here. Um, and I love you guys. Stay safe. Stay strong. Um, you know, and this is Unk. Bowball Baggins. One ball to rule them all. I'm signing off, you guys. Peace, love. All the above. And, oh, toodles. Always. Peace out, guys.